0: welcome back to the information corner here are your hosts Sam and Trish
1: and we're back on the broadcast and I yeah. uh, hope you're getting a lot of information out of this stuff and and folks if this sounds hopeless we're, we're, we don't want to leave you with hopelessness but folks
2: yes be realistic we're not too. the
1: first ones in the world to face a massive enemy world government has been something that has been uh, dreamed about by some for ages.
2: Oh, a long time. Ages
1: and ages and ages. Yeah. And every generation thinks that the enemy that they're facing is particularly the worst enemy of all. But folks, others have faced enemies before. There are always people out there and this is the thing you must understand and that is that there are always people out there with ill intent and this is why you never let your guard down. The worst enemy that any nation can have is apathy and complacency. When you start getting totally complacent that things are always going to be as you think they are, uh, and you start becoming totally apathetic to everything that's going on around you, uh, that's when the enemy makes inroads, and that's when they um, that's when uh, they show you that that is indeed not the case. So. We're in our part uh we're in part two, hour number two, yeah, yeah. and uh, with that, let's welcome Alan Watt back to the broadcast. Can you hear us there, Alan?
0: Yes I can all right, mm-hmm. got you
1: back um so at this point, I know i'm I've been introducing a lot of particularly a lot of younger people to our station here that we run locally and also uh, to our broadcast on the internet, and one of the things I'd like to take some time to do um Instead of pushing it all the way down to the end of the broadcast, um, like sometimes people do, what do you say to people like this? They just say, well, this is hard to listen to. It, it depresses me. This is so hopeless. What do you say to people like that?
0: You you have to leave them. If a, lot of, a lot of folk will actually crash if, they, if if they try to learn too much too quickly to begin with. And again too you see here's, here's the thing I always say to them every step and every change in society uh, is based on the fact on the premise that the public will accept it yeah uh, the big boys can't do anything without our compliance and if we could just get that through our heads uh, we could stop it all of it or any of it that we chose to but uh, the individual has had and this is the psychological warfare part of it Uh, We have been taught to be apathetic. And I have writings from people like Bertrand Russell in his books who talked about creating apathy amongst the public uh, while they rushed ahead with their agenda. And I have to say that it's worked very, very well. We've we've been meant to believe that we're just little insignificant creatures. We've been taught that government's there to be obeyed, not to be be run by the public. And and it's the other way around. They have trained us. Uh, that uh, we are basically here on their sufferance, not the other way around. A government itself is an abstract idea, it's just an idea. But it takes the compliance and acceptance of the public to, to allow it to uh, exist and function. And if we could realize the power that we still have in our hands, uh, we could change the, the course of it. So it's not as hopeless as it seems. I do agree if you were to see it at face value with a 1,000 foundations and think tanks and non-governmental organizations running our lives, because they all lobby government, the general public don't lobby the government. So government obeys those who lobby them. That is the Sovietized system, because the Soviet system was run with NGOs. The only difference being the government picked the heads of the NGOs that that pretended to represent the general public, here the foundations pick the heads of the NGOs and uh, and they lead the, their followers to the lobby groups and so on so it is a huge mammoth up there but regardless <coughs> it still takes the compliance of every single citizen to go along with it I've often asked myself is there is there anything at all where all of the public would come on board uh, together and start marching in the streets with their banners and so on and I, I, it does take organization to make that happen uh, to get them on board. Um, but that's what we need Whether we'll ever come to that stage I don't know I hope we don't get to the stage that the US military is predicting at least their think tanks are, where the general public will start rioting uh, when they have food shortages and so on. that's that's what I, I really fear.
2: Oh yeah so you're talking about in that global trends twenty? 25 uh, transformed world?
0: That's one of them. There's yes. another one just been released now, and it's very vague in its wording, yes. except they're talking about crisis from within, crisis from within. And I think uh, now they've had, to, when you see an internal army being built up with SWAT teams uh, combined with the military, and often the police work uh, in the military and they're back in, on the streets in their cop uniforms, um, they've, they've, they've built up an internal army for 20-odd years to deal with what's going to happen shortly. They, they knew 20 years ago that when it pulled the plug on the economy now, at this time. Yeah. And they knew 20 years ago and, and longer that eventually we wouldn't even be able to feed ourselves in, in, in Canada and the States. They knew that then, too, because they were putting small farmers out of business big time. Yep. So the pl- this is a planned takedown of of uh, a culture and a people and really was the beginnings of a world empire because the U.S. has been policing the world and the citizens of the U.S. have been funding it through their tax money. But they knew it wouldn't last forever and, and this time, this, this is the time to pull the plug and that's what I fear is, is that the people probably will react as people do when they're fearful and they're hungry and are confused and that's by rioting. So they've built up an internal army. Uh, our lifetimes have been doing it. We've watched them doing it. They've built it up to cope with the fallout, which they saw coming years ago.
1: Yeah, which, by the way, goes directly against uh, the Posse Comitatus Act, which prehi- oh, so prohibited the uh, military from even being used on American soil. Yes, yeah. yeah. and uh, you can thank um, you can thank a whole list of presidents for helping oh, yeah. get us where we are. Bush being the people. latest, but. Uh, but this has been a generation, a generational thing that's been going on for a long time, and each one of these presidents in and, and our Congress and uh, various other think tanks, such as the Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, um, the list goes on and on. Um, they have been setting the stage for this for a long time. Yes. It's just like we talked about the global warming thing. and See, what you can't get across to people is that was given to us, too, by the Club of Rome.
0: Yes, right. They admitted it in their own book that they dreamt up the idea of global warming in 1970 or 1972.
1: Yeah. Is that in
2: the first global revolution? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, That brings me to another thing that that you've been talking a lot about lately, the World Wisdom Council. You want to go into what that is? That's a think tank too, isn't it?
0: It is. And again, the amazing thing is when you look at all of these different councils and, and NGO groups, they're all funded by the same foundations and the same uh, World Bank. Now, the World Bank technically is not a bank, again, it's through the United Nations, but it gets its it gets money from another uh, big, uh, real uh, investment-type bank, and that's the one for international development that was set up in 1947, I believe. And strange enough, this, this particular bank uh, is into some amazing worldwide uh, um, tricks with money And they never seem to get hurt when economies go down in any country. They're always ahead of the game because they're wiser, I guess. But they fund all of these, including the World Wisdom Council. And the World Wisdom Council is an occultic group, again. Part of the idea being that they would bring, through interfaith, they'd bring in a new religion. And through all the writings of the United Nations, when they negotiate with someone that's a potential enemy, You want to get them on board with you. What you do is you don't start arguing about your differences. You look upon that which you have in common, and that's where you build on. So they hit on interfaith meetings. Well, we've had 30, 40 years of that going on. Now it's time to bring all of those people together in a new religion, and Gorbachev is a member of it. And yet Gorbachev himself, in his book, Towards a New Civilization, admits he's an atheist. But, and in the same book he tells you we are creating a new world religion which will be and must be uh, based on a form of earth worship the reason being of course is that we'll be dumbed down stupid we'll be taught that the Gaia uh, is real that the earth is, a, is, a, is a, one big bio unit all self-perpetuating all interrelated from the amoeba to, to the elephant and, uh, and therefore everything is interdependent And therefore, man is no higher than any other insect or animal on the planet. But but the thing is, the catch-all here is that there's a new scientific priesthood of this religion that will be mandating our lives completely from birth to death and telling us how many there should be of us, or even if your genes should get passed on to another generation. And they'll also be deciding how many people should be on the planet worldwide at any one time and they'll be monitoring you from birth to death. That's the wonderful uh, new system they're bringing in. But you can actually see it, because if you have a dumbed down population that is given no real education, you can bring in a religion uh, that will be based on this earth type worship. Nature religion is very popular, always has been down through the ages. They call it the perennial religion. And, and you, you couple it with science and the scientific priesthood, who will be the new keepers or guardians or guardians of the world? Uh, you can see them actually doing this off. It's not a science fiction uh, scenario so much as a, a distinct reality that they're doing.
2: Yes, and a lot of these uh, there's a lot of websites connected with that, like World Shift Network and uh, AwakeningMind.org and all kinds of GlobalSpirit.org, yeah. and they talk about global consciousness. That's right. And on one of these committees that I saw in one of those websites, everybody likes to laud the praises of Dennis Kucinich. You know, sure, he railed on the, the bankers for bailing everybody out and all that kind of stuff, but he is a collectivist, and he's on one of these committees on this, globe, this uh, World Wisdom Council.
0: Yes, and if you went to the writings of, of Marx and then the teachings of Lenin, we forget, too, that they had all of the people working on the land at one point or other in their lifetime that to do so much time uh, every few years on the land to, to connect them again with, with the world. You would always find the same occultic side to this religion that runs the world, but they never give you, the public, the same religion as the one they teach amongst themselves.
2: Yes, and it's funny you mentioned Marx. Uh, Barbara Marx Hubbard is also on one of those committees on that uh, yeah. World Wisdom Council.
0: Yes, and that's right, and she's also she's made statements about um, about depopulation and why it must be so, etc. Yes. As I was saying, when you join anything to do with the United Nations, uh, you must accept all of its mandates. You must accept that white men are bad. I don't know if you know, that. that I think it was in Australia, they just brought out by a law, a new law, is called positive discrimination, and it's intentional, direct discrimination against white males to give preference to everyone else. They say that the white males have dominated the scene too long. And then we find other ones, uh, professors that came out not too long ago from the United States uh, and some universities saying the same thing, uh, that white men were the most evil scourge on the planet. And, and you know that's very appealing to a lot of people today because of the fake histories they've had. They don't realize that most white males were in those factory towns working down mines and all the rest of it. They were not uh, sitting in some big club in London smoking cigars and drinking brandy with a fez on their head. Uh, uh, The reality for the most folk in their lives down through the centuries had a very rough time of it. And the white men did not create wars. The problem with the white males is they're too willing to be led off to war to fight for other people.
2: Yes. Yes, that's true. (laughs) It's really all uh, really something else when you start really looking at all this, this yeah. agenda, and, and it's all the tentacles. So
1: this is why we value you so much in the work that you're doing, Alan, because I cannot tell you how many times we'll have your broadcast on here as we're putting it out locally. Trish will be sitting up there at the computer, and you'll say something, and it'll just take her off on a search somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so Trish uh. can, uh, on can more than back up everything you're saying well, not I that looked it's at necessary this, but I mean she goes and checks it out I
2: looked at this World Wisdom Council and it, it's really something
0: oh yeah yeah and it's got official status and it's got yes. power and authority and it's backed by again all the big multi-billion dollar corporations as it's, it's backed by uh, some of the biggest banks on the planet yes private banks uh, so yeah this is a, a serious attempt It's interesting, too, when you go into the writings of Benjamin Franklin, because in his own uh, diaries, as they call it, he said that he hoped, and many of the founders hoped, that this federation of these United States would be the nucleus uh, for a federation of the world, but then he added, which would be run by 12 wise men.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Something interesting that happened after we had you on our last broadcast that I want to I want to touch base on and refute. In fact, I should have just forwarded you the emails and I didn't. Well, I meant you to enough, an, Had enough other stuff on your plate. You don't need extra garbage <laughs> coming in because I'm sure you get enough hate mail over the stuff you're oh, doing too. You do. Too.
0: You do. If you don't go along and just say, "Yes, yeah, the Jews, yeah, the yeah. Jews are buying the- I tell you, they'll threaten to kill you. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, the two yeah. we got was one accusing, uh, because uh, apparently we didn't say just the right things that appeased him, yeah. that, um, that uh, how did it go, Trey? You that-
2: denied the deity of Christ and that sort of thing. And they use, a lot of this stuff can be used against you, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Nobody denied the deity of anything.
0: Nope. No, we just- no. you see, the, the, the people here were the one to hear, and that's what I've found with fanatics. They only hear what they want to hear, and if you don't say something exactly the same way as they would have said it, yes, uh, and that's a problem with, with the real fanatic, uh, f- the, the true fundamentalist. Now they're often a minority of one, in their own little world, uh, with their own particular little way of seeing things, but uh, they do go after anyone who doesn't see things exactly as they do. Um, at the end of my talks on my own shows, I'll say, "Me your God or gods, go with you." Yeah. The reason being that I don't care what you worship, just don't step on my toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's called freedom.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: And part of your uh, part of your ability to worship is giving others the freedom to worship as they choose.
0: That's right. Uh, but these people who who uh, complain and come after you, are, are, they are intolerant, You see and and they would have us all living the way that they would be great dictators themselves if they could get a chance
1: yeah it's interesting yeah. you say that because yes. Trish and I have said uh, many a times that the problem with a lot of the churches in America the church wants to be government and the government wants to be both government and church that's right, that is right <laughs> it's, no just, it's just absolutely crazy <laughs> and then of course we had the other one uh, we didn't even mention the um, national talk show by name but you had mentioned about that they told you that you could go on there a lot more if you would do the UFO stunt. And boy, did we get an email out of the woodwork over that one. I'm saying, my <laughs> oh, God, yeah. we didn't even mention them. That's right. <laughs> By name. And they're already. But the truth is the truth. I mean, I've said that that broadcast is a distraction. The whole UFO thing is planned, just like all the rest of it. I've told you this and I've told you that. And Alan has mentioned it on his broadcast, too, to be careful about this stuff. And this is. I think what's going on here, Alan. I don't know if you remember back to the piece that came out in Popular Mechanics about yeah. "Are you ready for the UFO invasion?" Yeah. Several years back, the alien invasion. Alien invasion. That's what yeah. it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, and and this is what I surmise is going on with broadcasts like this one. That I'm sure you know which one we're talking about. Yeah. They push this agenda because I think in 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 the uh, in reality what's going on here is they're setting them up they're setting these people up to ultimately fall for the very thing that's going to be planned as a crisis just another way to try to unite people around a crisis that doesn't really exist
0: yes, one of my shows recently I I mentioned again the same uh, origin of this whole alien, alien UFO invasion type idea and it was by John Dewey John Dewey back in the 1920s I think it was uh, the, the so-called father of edu- education in America, he said, if only we were attacked by uh, people from outer space, perhaps the whole world would come together as one and and uh, g- give up your sovereignty, act as one to fight this invasion. Ronald Reagan made references to the same thing about ten, fifteen times in his. Yes, speech. he did. Yep. And uh, and this was seriously considered at the Club of Rome and other places, and under how do you unite the planet. They went through all the different scenarios they could create. What would the public believe? What would they swallow if they gave them enough science fiction? And science fiction is fantastic stuff. It's very enjoyable. But uh, if they gave them enough science fiction and then told them they're really going to get an invasion from outer space, would they believe it? So they've tried every possible scenario, and then they hit upon the idea, of course, of global warming. But it hasn't stopped them because... um, a movie was released recently last week I think called um, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Now it's a, it's a sort of up-to-date remake of the old one.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. Made in the 1950s.
0: Mm-hmm. The first major sci-fi movie of its kind where a UFO lands in the, in the green outside the White House yeah. uh, on the lawn and uh, comes an alien. And the whole story is basically that governments are obsolete. Scientists at the United Nations uh, should run the world uh, and stop all the fighting, and otherwise the aliens were going to to destroy planet Earth. Well, now they've brought up the movie with an update on it. They've got rid of the UFO because what's in with with uh, the alien people right now are are sort of light sphere bubbles, you know, illuminated bubbles. Yeah. And uh, so all these bubbles come down to Earth, and it's the same agenda. The world is part, not just a part of its own biosphere, but part of a universal biosphere and we're destroying the planet again. It's all our fault.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, and the
0: same message once again. So we are programmed through science fiction. And these, these talk shows, um, now there's a lot of clones came out of that particular show. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and as some of them who had me on their shows admitted to me when they were starting them up. They said, these are, these are clones. They actually called them uh, Art Bell clones.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, because it was a big money-making area. Uh, People, they do it late at night generally because it's in a twilight zone, you're in a hypnotic state. We we love the topics, we love spooks, we love ghosts, we love all this kind of stuff. Children do, youngsters do. Mm -hmm. I went through the same thing, we all talked about these things when we were about 18 or 19. Uh, And it's very entertaining, it sucks you in, but the problem is they're also bringing in reality, they bring on guests with reality uh, of what's happening in the world. The next night, some guy is on selling a space helmet to, to repel UFOs from abducting you. Uh, so, so so what you're doing is you're being part of a circus.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: intelligence communities are calling this whole scenario the circus. And it's part of counterintelligence because how you counterintelligence is when people are coming out with the real facts, and the histories to, to present to the public.
1: I know where you're going. Go you, ahead.
0: You mix it in with aliens, you yep. UFOs, mm-hmm. uh, Bigfoot, and so on. Uh, uh, then you've just discredited the truth.
1: Absolutely. That's what we
2: say. Bingo. This yeah. is what
1: I've been saying over and over and over again. Yeah,
2: you discredit the people discredit who are giving the out very the people good you information. people you had on
1: just so that and they'll, they'll look wacky and people say, well, I don't, that, that person.
2: They were on that show, they were on so they must have been they, just like they were.
0: That's right. Yeah. So, so you're part of the circus, and and uh, the baby is thrown out with the bathwater, the truth is thrown out with the garbage, mm-hmm. and, and it was very, very effective. But it also uh, truly um, is presented so well, these shows are presented so well, because they know how to uh, fascinate people. Uh, it, it works so well with the young who are getting totally lost, they don't know what's real and what isn't real anymore. And uh, it, it, does, it helps to disable the mind from critical thinking. Yes, well, absolutely. And I think
2: the predecessor to that, like, you know, we were talking like these space shows like Star Trek and all that. I think that was kind of a predecessor to, to these, new, these shows that you hear on AM.
0: The, the Star Trek series, uh, I don't think people know that Gene Roddenberry uh, was a member of NASA. Mm-hmm. they sat on in their big meetings. NASA isn't just a little organization that puts things in space to see how, how spiders can mate in free fall. Yeah. Uh, it's to do with the military-industrial complex, which also is to do with the future and technology and how technology is used on people. Yes, And you'll find in all those episodes, uh, it literally was an analogy of the planet Earth, uh, even though it took in a spaceship so they traveled across the world of uh, the, the universe meeting other peoples meaning other nations uh the ones who would get on board with free trade and, and mix with the empire uh, with free trade and uh, and get their diplomats set up and copy their governmental style were good guys anyone who wanted to stay free and independent and not tied uh, was a bad guy yeah and so they were really showing you the united nations you see and the United Nations organizations and the free trade uh, deals going on across the world to bring us all into this global system, and it was all done through a fictional story which fascinated children, at using space as as the the actual the place of happening. So we were all programmed through those series. They had psychologists working on it. They had they had uh, specialists galore working on these series, and it's worked very very well. Yeah, what do you they,
1: go ahead Trish They tell you
2: everything they're going to do. Go yeah, on. they do. Yep.
0: What do you
1: say to some of the younger people out there they they say, "Well, how do I stay above all this stuff, the matrix? How do I uh keep my uh, mind um alert and uh how do and I try to stay through? above all of this? How do I how do I cut through this? Uh, you know, they they may be thinking, you know, well, I appreciate all this information you're giving now. All I can say is I can give you the way we've done it um and it's still work, but we don't have a television. Well, we no. read
2: through some of the old stuff if we can find it, too. Yeah,
1: we also That's one try way. to read through older stuff. What do you recommend, Alan?
0: Yeah, older stuff, but also um, they have to start disciplining themselves and realizing that all fiction is authorized to be out there. And fiction is the greatest and simplest way to program you, program your thoughts, bring you to conclusions you'd never reach on, on your own without the programming and go into the books where you can get the facts and if you want to spread the facts to people you've got to study the facts you can't mix it with with the, the bizarre the fantasy and so on it is true there's an occultic site to this no occult means hidden yes and even with coding and so on and numbers um and uh, with, with uh, the alphabet and so on uh, this is all put together by man it wasn't put together by some superhuman being uh, so whatever man can can put in uh, man can unravel your own intellect can unravel so we mustn't be afraid afraid that this is you see once you believe uh, that this is some kind of uh, supernatural thing or you just fall thing where uh, aliens came and made you to be inferior little beings that could never defeat them, you've just been psychologically conquered. Yes. Uh, That's the intent of it. Um, You've got to realize the worth that's in you as an individual and uh, and stop debasing yourself and realize that you can do a lot to change uh, the world and change the lives of others for the better. And the first duty we have to each other is to warn each other of the, the certainly nefarious plans that are out there and are now coming out into the mainstream openly uh, as to what they want to do with us. And it's not pleasant. They haven't... they have got to realize that we have as much right to decide the future as any person who calls themselves elite. They came out the same wombs as we did.
1: That's right. Yep.
0: You know? And, and because of their fancy clothes and fancy... Um, uh, bank accounts uh, that are passed on by their parents it doesn't make them any any more uh, uh, exceptional or powerful than we are uh, we've got to start taking our power back into ourselves and, and, and use it to, to warn the general public as to what has been planned for us and, and, and tell them that all of this needs our cooperation if we go along with this agenda to our own extinction it takes our cooperation and we've got to start saying no
1: Absolutely, yes. and they have the only reason they have the power they have is because we, ladies and gentlemen, have given it to them. We have acquiesced. We have given it to them, and this is why I keep screaming and yelling about those who just want to be compliant little bees and just want to go along with the agendas. They don't want to do the research. They want to go with the agendas because why? They, it's easier. It, it sounds good, and why? Yeah. It's easier. It's it's easier to go along with the flow than it is to. Uh, stand up and uh, buck the system, and be a little bit of a um, resistor, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and you cannot beat it. Facts are the main the main proof. The facts are not debated, and when you get especially you get a collection of the books put out by many of the big players, and uh, mark off the quotes that you want to use, and and show them because uh, it speaks for themselves. Many of these these projections, these facts. Uh, from the big players were written years ago. The people you'll show them to have lived through those very changes. And then you simply say to them, how do you think this man knew what was going to happen? You know. That's yeah. right.
2: Well, and you know, so many times I get this business, or I used to, I don't so much anymore. Well, you, you must be a, a prophet, the way that you can predict what's going to happen. But you don't have that. That's absurd because... If you know the agenda, even if you're wrong some of the times, it's still part of the agenda, whatever it is. Well, I mean,
1: like a good case in point. Um, I had one time I was coming home from one of our um, meetings here with the city, and one of the other aldermen that drove me home, he said, you know, everything that you guys have been putting out on this radio station has come to pass. And what he was particularly pointing to was the high gas prices and and now the economy falling apart and, and we've been, uh. That's
2: not rocket science. This is
1: not rocket scientists (laughs) and, uh, you know, rocket science. This is the thing. I said, you know, I said, these people, if you just know where to look, they tell you everything they're going to do. They tell you the whole game plan. Um, now, right now, we're in a little bit of euphoria as far as the gas prices and the oil prices. We shouldn't be, though. But I, I've been telling people already, Alan, don't get hooked on it because they they will pull the same stunt again.
0: Yes, they will. In fact, uh, I think it was Donald Rumsfeld uh, said when they cracked the fifty dollar a barrel psychological barrier. That's what he called it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to rise above it. He says, um, he, says, he says, this is nothing. He says, um, don't, don't be surprised to see it double uh, over the next year and a half. Well, that's exactly what happened. I mean, uh, so it was up over $100. So, so how did this guy, he isn't an economist. Right. Supposedly. He's not involved, supposedly, with the cartels that, that, that sit and fix the prices. Uh, he, how did he know? See, it's, all, it's, it's above all that. It's planned that way. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. It is. And know. he
2: sits in on a lot of meetings to know some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. yeah. And uh, I'm telling you. And, I mean, the, the thing is, we knew about this sudden price drop not too terribly long ago because... Um, that it was planned that way for a while, and I've been convinced that part of this, part of the reason they dropped it, is because right now they have to do something to because people were starting to quit driving. That was one thing, yep. and of course, yeah. the they they have to keep this phony economy going a little longer so they couldn't have all these stores shutting down the way things were going because people weren't buying anything. People were starting to lose confidence in the. uh in the dollar with the way the prices were going up and everything. Mm-hmm. So, suddenly, if you notice, this all started back in the uh, early part of the fall where the gas prices just plummeted. Yep. And now, you know, there's some saying that it may go down as low as $20 per barrel as far as a barrel of oil. But I keep reminding people if they can pull this stunt one time before, they can pull it again. And I wouldn't be too surprised if after we slide through the next election cycle, uh, after the 20th of yeah, January. After this,
2: when, when this other guy gets when this, in.
1: Uh, when this other the puppet selection. gets in, the selection is more appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> once we get past this, then it's Katie bar the door.
0: Yes, I've no doubt at all. I always think <clears throat> of the. See, the, the United Nations agenda is for habitat areas. And, and this is where they're going to put all the humans in these overcrowded cities. Um, To get from where we are now to there will take a lot of uh, finagling and forcing folk off rural areas into those cities but what they've said is once they have them all set up and they've got them all off the land uh there'll be no private transportation allowed that's in agenda 21 from the u.n uh it'll be essential vehicles only and so that but but in the meantime uh, they're, going, they're doing this roller coaster up and down, up and down, because they can't just pull us all off the road at once, because the economy still is based on us traveling and transportation. Yes. So they've got a few problems to work out to get us from here to there. hmm Yeah.
2: That is for sure. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask, I wanted to cover one other thing here in the last little bit. Uh, you talk about... Uh, A lot of our sayings, a lot of the sayings have been given to us, a lot of of language, our language has been given to us. I'd like for you to go into what what some of the sayings mean, such as life begins at 40, the chip off the old block, and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, chip off the old block is is, uh, very old, and it's Freemasonic. And what it meant was, uh, you know, he's a chip off the old block. He's a a son of a mason.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And the block, of course, is... is, um, really the the altar they go around in their lodges sometimes it's made of oak but it doesn't matter um they do do these strange little ceremonies where they go around at one time they used to they used to uh um stand in the middle and go around this perimeter uh, because they thought that uh, the sun traveled around the world but they changed it in the 1700s, so they all walk around the sun. So it's a representation of of, a, of the sun, basically, the altar. Mm-hmm. And the whole intent with the three candles and all the rest of it, uh, which is also in the Catholic Church, you'll find, um, the intent is to prove, that, show that, that you uh, basically are the sun, you are God, for those that can figure it out. Mm-hmm. But a third-generation mason uh, is... Uh, is more important uh, especially if the first generation mason did what he was told took the advice he was given and and allowed himself to be married to someone that, that was suggested to him by the grandmaster because it is also goes into eugenics and when you get a hold of the old books the rosicrucian books and the other Freemasonic books there's a lot of references to this uh eugenics uh, uh, grandfather father son idea a trinity idea being by the third generation of selective breeding, not marrying um, out of the usual reasons, um, but marrying someone that has been selected for you, uh, then you have, you have the perfect offspring and he can go much higher than, than, than the standard degrees. In the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, uh, they'll tell them they go up to 32 and then the 33rd one is honorary, but there's degrees above that and there's lodges above that too. You'll find with the Odd Fellows, for instance, and often with the Shriners, they, they, they've been members of the Blue Lodge and various other lodges as well. They've done the whole gambit, and they can go up uh, past the 40th degree. And, and Life Begins at 40 uh, was a reference uh, that, that um, a few Masonic writers have written about, uh, and the idea being that's when you get to know what the real function and purpose of Freemasonry is. Uh, Most Freemasons don't have a clue, uh, and Albert Pike said it himself in Morals and Dogma, they don't have a clue, really. In fact, he said they're no different than the profane as to the higher understandings of Freemasonry. That's backed up by Manly P. Hall. He said the same thing. In fact, he said many people are Masons, uh, perfect Masons, uh, who have never taken the rituals. Yeah. So what they're talking about is a spiritual side of it that supposedly is lost in Freemasonry. Freemasonry tended to become uh, an organization of a a good old boys club, where they help each other out. They're sworn to do that. They help each other financially. If you open a a store in town, there's two hardware stores, you've got the Masonic one, they'll guarantee that all business will come to you as another guy goes bankrupt. So, So technically, and, and the bottom level is primarily uh, a way to get up the ladder to success, as they call it. That's Jacob's ladder, the ladder to success. Um, so, so you'll bend it per, uh, personally. But those above it, you'll notice uh, they go up and become the technocrats, uh, the Kissinger types, and so on. Uh, these guys never retire. They are fanatics. They, they believe in a religion as only a fanatic can do. They never retire. They're just as ardent in their 80s as they were when they were 40 or 30. Uh, they're tireless workers towards the great work, as they call it. Yes. And so you're, you're dealing here with a, a very real religion, not just a you help me, I help you deal, uh, but something that means something to them personally. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. And the, uh, the the thing is, is you keep seeing them pull the same old people out of mothballs all over again. Uh, everybody's now fuming out there that um, voted for Obama as the latest puppet, for example, because they're fuming now because, why well, we voted this guy, and never mind that their guy would have been just as bad. but right. But they're we voted this guy in, and he keeps putting in the same old Wall Street people. What are we going to do?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and, all, and only that, too. Um, you see, Bush himself, we, we forget that the dynasties have ruled most of America, family dynasties. And you can lose track of them if you always go by the father, uh, the father's surname. You have to go into the, the women as well and find who, who their maiden names were. You'll find they're all interrelated. So dynasties have ran the U.S. And uh, we forget, too, that Bush Sr. was uh, in the CIA. And then he becomes president of the United States yes uh the c i a is so shadowy an organization that most politicians can't even truly find out what they're up to yeah, and uh, we know that Kennedy uh was right into that he, he he was so disgusted at this this was becoming a a government above government in fact uh, and th- that even he couldn't get into what they were going they were doing yep so um So we find, as I say, you have people who are in CIA who become presidents, and then the son of the same guy gets get his time as a president. He sets up the scenario for total martial law back at home. They bring in the next guy to implement that. Obama will will definitely be implementing the martial law. All the laws have been drafted up. All the institutions and and creations of uh, special forces within the U.S. will be used by Obama in his term so they set it up for the incoming one to use
2: yes it's they build off of each other
0: and obama's already said that he's going to ratify every treaty that that uh, the united nations has put out there including the full kyoto all the rest of it the sustainable development the whole thing now that means that at a time when they've already slapped you big time with pulling the economy dropping the dollar uh you're going to be now we're paying the same prices as Europe for food. That's three times higher than you're paying right now in the U.S.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Everything is going to be passed on to, to the, the, the buyer at the bottom, and, and it's, going to be, it's going to be terrible because the U.S. does not have uh, not, not only the, the history of coping in this apathetic system of Europe, but uh, they, they're also not used to, to paying such high fees for the basic necessities as they're going to be forced to pay for everything they're going to slap carbon taxes on, everything that you buy, including a piece of cheese,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the
2: carbon tax was in the bailout bill, mm-hmm. so you know they, they build off of each other,
0: they do. So they're going to reduce us all. Uh, they've already done the, the first part that was to take the economy out of the country, all the factories. Every economist knew uh, that worked on the projects so that this would deflate America and make it totally unsustainable at home by itself it could not be independent anymore but the whole idea was to make you interdependent which means totally dependent on the rest of the global society
1: would you say that with all this stuff coming down that the cities are definitely not the place for people to be if they can uh, can help it or is it going to matter
0: the cities definitely wouldn't be the place to be at least in the early phases because they will use uh, brute force in the cities for containment purposes um, apart from the fact, well, a lot of people don't mind being monitored, mind you. Yeah. There's a lot of people today who don't care that they're watched 24 hours a day, and there's cameras everywhere, um, and there's government authorities all over the place telling you what you can and cannot do. Uh, but, however, um, something will have to be pulled uh, to to get the troops on the streets. Now, in 2006. Uh, The second part of the amalgamation treaty for Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, uh, signed by by the presidents uh, of Mexico and the U.S. and the Prime Minister of Canada, I was reading over it, and it said uh, that they've now integrated the U.S. forces, Canadian and Mexican, so in any disaster, man-made or natural, also, also means civil unrest occurs in any one of the countries, then the troops of all countries will be involved.
1: Yeah, so I remember that. Yeah. yeah,
0: That's right in the, in their treaty. They've signed further um, amalgamations. The last one is to be done in 2010. Then we're totally integrated at the hip, just the same as the European Union. And whether they'll bring out their new parliament then, I don't know. They discussed the new parliament and, and the free trade negotiations in the late 80s. And they said that Montreal... Uh, was the place that they preferred to choose for a new parliament for the Americas. But uh, this is the agenda. It's out in the open. They actually publish it here in Canada. But um, as I say, the troops will be used on the cities. And they'll be too busy, I think, with the cities to borrow much with the the rural areas uh, in the meantime. And they're also talking about uh, the coming pandemics, that the troops will also be sent in to contain cities under the pandemics. But it's also under the NATO Treaty, all these countries are NATO countries, at least the U.S. and Canada is, and uh, under the NATO policy, uh, there's a booklet that's supposed to be available to the public, the Man Alive series tried to get a hold of it, that's like 60 minutes in Britain, and we're supposed to have it in Canada and the U.S., it's supposed to be available at your post office Mm -hmm. uh, and your library. But the Man Live team couldn't find a copy. They got one from the government. It actually inked a lot of it out. Mm-hmm. But what it did say in it, this is standard existing NATO policy. In case of pandemics or plague or, or nuclear fallouts, the military's job is to contain everyone within the cities. Anyone trying to flee individually is to be shot on sight. No negotiations. Uh, no recapture and turning back. Just shot on sight. A whole bunches of people, crowds tried to leave, to be bombed from the air with, I think it's a CS gas.
2: Oh, my. Yes.
0: And, and so this is standing NATO policy. So we forget that when, when they, they were doing these treaties for the amalgamation of the Americas, they're also talking about NATO policy when they talk about using troops in Canada, the States or Mexico.
2: Of course, NATO is North Atlantic Treaty Organization.
0: That's right. And, and of course, even it's North Atlantic that brought in a good part of, of, of uh, the old Soviet bloc into it as well now.
2: Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And this is why I say, folks, the time to uh, start deciding how you're going to uh, handle the rough times ahead is now. Because um, it's going to take every bit of... Uh, you're being both spiritually and mentally to get through what's That'll coming.
2: And too. And yeah. uh,
1: learn all you can because it's only by, the only way you can defeat your enemy is by knowing what your enemy is up to in advance and then trying to uh, stand up against it before it happens, not when it bites you in the rear end because by then it's definitely <laughs> too late. Wouldn't you say, Alan? Am I correct on that? Hey,
0: there's no doubt about it. Yeah, um when you're helpless and at the mercy of governments and government agencies for your for your food rations and for your handouts or whatever else you get, uh, there's a lot of stipulations you must follow to get those handouts and that food, and it's a, they demand total obedience. There's no arguing with the sergeant with the with the machine gun pointing at you. Yeah, it's, 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 he'll tell you to jump, and you better jump. And that's not a scenario I'd like to see.
1: No, no way. absolutely not. And this is one of you know a lot of people wonder, you know why we wound up where we are in this little bitty town that we're in, and that's part of the reason. I mean, no place is perfect, but, you know, we we went from the Kansas City area down to a little town that's only got 2,500 people in it. Yeah. And that's part of the reason we did it, because we knew what was coming. Uh, we, I mean, Kansas City was one of the main arteries for this uh, Trans-Texas Corridor that they were wanting to run yeah. from Canada, from Mexico to Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I knew what that was going to entail once they started on that little project. I didn't want to be near there, and um, and I still don't. Yeah. And uh, we knew it was coming clear back in uh, 2004. We knew... Uh, we, we didn't know quite how things were going to manifest themselves, but we had just done enough studying that we knew things were going to de- deteriorate gonna up there.
2: going to go goofy.
1: And uh, we got out of there, and now we're settled here. And part of the reason we're settled here, not that it's perfect. We have our problems, too. I'm fighting issues around here locally. But at least there's a, some more common sense out here than there is in the cities right now.
0: Yes, uh, and generally in the smaller areas, there's a bit more cohesion uh, in times of, of stress and, and duress. Uh, and the crisis, they're more apt to help each other out more. The, the cities are pretty impersonal places. It's, they're pretty cold, you know.
2: Yes, they,
1: they are. are. Absolutely, they are. Alan, let's talk about your websites. I want people to be able to get your, your books and yeah. uh, and look at uh, some of your other writings and download some of your other talks that you've done. And by the way, I will, uh, I've will. i still got that place on our server so you can go in and download that. Do you need me to email you so you can uh, have a copy of yeah, this? Yes, sure, yeah. Okay, I'll just email you again to refresh you with the username and password, which, by the way, has not changed, but mm-hmm. I'll uh, get that to you so you can have a copy of this and post in your archives as well. Okay. Um, but let's give that information.
0: Yeah, you can go to com and download uh, about uh, 600 hours, maybe 700 hours of talks on there on the histories of all of this and I try and piece it together for them as best i can they can also buy books cds dvds and so on or donate to me and they can also look into alan watts sentinel where translators have uh, put in transcript forms all these talks which they can download and print up and, and pass around a lot of people prefer reading to listening so they can go into that site that's alan sentinel.eu so uh, as i say it's there's a lot of data a lot of information and I try to give them uh, at least the names of books and articles, et cetera, that they can check for themselves. Uh, they need the ammunition, and the facts are ammunition. It's the facts that we have to hang on to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: By yeah, the way, thought, something... Go ahead, Drish, I'm I sorry. Was, I said
2: definitely, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Something else I wanted to mention, too, and this is something I've been trying to educate people on, <laughs> Alan, and this is no accident, and this should be a blatant obvious um, signal to the direction we're going when I was growing up, Alan, and I went to seek a job somewhere, when I would go to a business that was looking for em- for employees, I would go to what was called the personnel office. Yeah. Now I go to the Office of Human Resources. Resource, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, have you gotten the same uh, red flag on that as I have?
0: Yeah, that, that's all across Canada and Europe too now. It, it came out uh, from, again, I think it was the Earth Charter uh, maurice strong's earth charter the, the it was funded by the rockefeller foundation and it was under the wing of the united nations it was the the earth charter that reduces all to the same status as of an ant or a beetle or something and uh and in there uh everything is a resource and yes. people themselves are resources which means uh, it, when you think it through uh that falls right in with the eugenics system because you either have a purpose to serve the system or you have no purpose at all. Yeah. And you are a useless eater, as they would call you. So we've got to realize these guys mean business. They've put all this into law. Yes. <laughs> and now you're just a reason. You're not a human being. Again, it's all to dehumanize you and and create this apathy once more that, you no, you're not J- Joe, whoever. You're actually a resource. Yes. And, and that's the only purpose that you have. They, they can tolerate us as long as we are a, a resource. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and see, it's very important that you understand that because, see, traditionally one of the things that that used to be a, a big tradition here in America and certainly was a tradition spiritually in the churches of old in America is that every life was a valuable life, as it should be, because each and every one of us, <clears throat> no matter whether we have a disability or whether we um, have, well, we all have, the thing I always try to tell people, Alan, is that we all have strengths and weaknesses in different yeah. areas. Some weaknesses are just more pronounced than yeah. than some. Sure. And the problem that I have with this whole agenda is that contrary to what this agenda speaks of that we have going now, everybody has a part to play no matter how insignificant <coughs> in battering life for others. Mm-hmm. You make that decision when you go into when you uh get old enough to think for yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I going to do things that are going to better mankind? Am I going to do things that are going to leave people better off? Or am I going to be a menace that's just going to get in their way and absolutely leave them miserable? Mm-hmm. And I think this is the decision that we have to make, wouldn't you say?
0: It is. And I don't really think there's anything insignificant anywhere because uh, when you look at it in a, in a more, uh, I hate to use the word, collective fashion, uh, when everyone's working uh, at, at whatever level, doing see, every level is important every single level. There's nothing really unimportant that you could do to expose all of this uh, at any single level. Uh, I've got people who translate for me. That's a monotonous job. Yeah. And it's a thankless task. Um, but they're doing something. It's just as important uh, the yes. kind of work they're doing as to what I'm doing in the, in the front and saying it. Um, so there's no such thing as an insignificant part. Yeah. And the whole, this, this, this power that you build up Um, will manifest itself. uh, That's how the foundations did it, in fact. Uh, That's how they took over in the first place with their agendas. They used all categories of society, right down to people going around doors with tin cans and handing out posters. Uh, And we've got to realize, though, that nothing is insignificant uh, when everyone's working and marching on the same road.
1: Right, and you have to decide which road you're going to march. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's either going to be a road to... uh, to leaving people better off, or it's going to be a road to uh, to, uh, misery. And you have to make that choice which one of them you're going to go down.
0: You know, there's there's nothing more abhorrent about this system. The fact that it it is so secretive and and kept out of the public realm as much as it can, Uh, this whole conspiracy of power... um, H.G. Wells called it the open conspiracy in his own writing. He says, technically, it's not a conspiracy in so much as we do publish what we want to do and what we're going to do. And, and that is true. But when you, you realize that, that those who understand, uh, as Bertrand Russell said and Jack C. Lall and others, those who understand uh, the science of power, and maintaining power, yeah, they have robbed generations of the ability to complete themselves as human beings by giving them access to all the knowledge that they should have had access to. They have stolen the minds of people. They've they've kept us in a, a childish fairyland through their, their their again scientific media, yeah, uh, for our whole lives. And people have lived and died never really knowing what was truly happening in their own lives or why these things were happening to them. That's the biggest crime of all, is to steal the minds of people because you're stealing the soul, the life soul of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and uh, that's why it's so important to learn all you can and then share share the information that you learn with whoever will listen, some who won't listen. I like what you say, Alan, because I've, I've had to deal with this. Sometimes when you're in a crowd of people who just absolutely don't want to listen, you just have to live inside your head.
0: Yes, you do. There is no point uh, coming to blows, verbally or otherwise, with people who already have decided they don't want to know or they prefer the standard version, and a lot of them will prefer the standard version that's projected to them because if they start to think and believe that you may be right, they'll have to make decisions, and they don't want that. It scares them too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's and easy to
2: stay where they are.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've found that so much, and... I guess the thing that I struggle with all the time is when, the, when it finally does get up in their face and they have to face reality, then they're going to be the ones we're going to be
0: dealing with. Uh, that's correct. That, that is correct. A lot of people will freak out uh, uh, when they hear the truth. Uh, they'll freak out when they see it's actually happening. Yeah. And, and you know, you can't really help them then. Uh, there were a lot of hysterical people uh, when things get terribly tough. But somehow or other, we're all making choices in this world as to as to the outcome uh, by uh, what we do, uh, what we fight for, and so in a sense, everyone, even those who decide they don't want to know, have already given their power to those who will conquer them.
1: Yeah, yeah yes. absolutely. Yes. Well, Alan it has been a joy to have you here uh this These two hours have just flown by, and uh sometime after the first of the year i don't know when we're going to start the other broadcast, but when we start the other one, I want to have you over there as well because uh you always have so much to say, and there's so much to this agenda we haven't we still haven't tapped into nearly everything <laughs> there is to tap into. You know, you almost get the impression you could do 4 hours and still not hit this thing.
0: It's so it's so big, it's, it's so huge. It's yeah, truth,
1: yeah. It is, but that's why we do little bits at a time and uh and that's why you do what you do and uh Trish and I deeply appreciate what you do and uh thank you so much for having uh the books out there and uh and uh the uh, audios that you have. And you know that's the thing. I think people need to understand is that, uh, you know, when somebody's out there doing, you've actually made it so much easier for so many of us. And I wish more people really appreciated uh, your work for what uh, for what it really is. But uh, we thank you anyway from this end, and uh, we're glad to have you on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It always is. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Well, we will be in touch, and I will be sending you an email with uh, the instructions for pulling this one down, just like we did. And uh, feel free to use it in any way that will help you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, absolutely. Right. Thank you Thank so much, you. and thanks for being with us, Alan. It's been a pleasure. Uh, God Same bless. Here. Take care. Bye bye. Right. Alan Watt, ladies and gentlemen, another broadcast again. So much information. We didn't even nearly crack some of the things I wanted to ask him because I knew, <laughs> I, in fact, I thought of one just before we were getting ready to close the show, and I thought, ah, 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 don't go there because there's too few minutes and it requires a thorough. <laughs> Uh, description, and we'll save that for we'll another save it time for
2: the next broadcast. That'll be so. Yeah, neat. you
1: got it. But he's—I'm uh, telling you, folks, what a valuable person! What valuable work! What valuable information! He's done it. He's done most of it for you. I mean, now you can go spring off searches and verify his work, which which can sure certainly be good. He he encourages you. I'm sure. I mean, I'm not putting words in his mouth. I mean, that's what Trish does. She goes, and he'll say something on his uh, regular broadcast that he does, and uh, Trish will take off on it. And um, so, folks, this stuff is real.
2: Well, and it's out there if you're willing to look.
1: That's right. And so I urge you to take the time to look this stuff up. And, folks, understand that everything's infiltrated in this country. And I know I'm going a little bit over, but we started a little late, too. So just understand that everything is infiltrated in this country. And one of the biggest things, if you're going to be an effective uh, group for positive change, and I don't mean positive. Or
2: individual. Yeah. You know, for, why be a group?
1: Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're going to be working to uh, change things, it starts with each family in their home. Well, a family is a group, but, yeah. but uh, it starts with each family in their homes. It starts with raising up moral people who will not give in who will not sacrifice their own mothers, their own fathers, their own offspring down the river in order to achieve power. That's the kind of people we need in this country today. And, folks, if you think a president's going to save you from this, if you think Congress is going to save you from this, your state legislatures are going to save you from this, think again. Yeah, it 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 starts with you. starts with you and then goes out from there. Folks, that's going to do it. Supposedly, what happened here? I think that's going to do it. Oh, no. Well, I hit the button, and the computerized brain and the CD player did not give me the bumper it was supposed to give me. But we'll try it again and see what happens. There it is. That's going to do it for this edition of the broadcast. As we always say, go out and fight the battle Mm -hmm. and and let God God decide decide the outcome, and we'll see you just after the first of the year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year if you celebrate all that stuff. We'll see you later. Bye-bye now. Whoops.
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of The Information Corner. Visit our website at www.theinformationcorner.com and be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for another edition of The Information Corner.